The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield, where Arlen Suderman joins us with FC Stone. We take a look at the markets in Arlen. I kind of, this morning when I opened up the and looked at the overnight trade, I had to do a double take, kind of rub the eyes because it was like, wow, there is green on the screen for the grains. And we didn't fully finish that way, but still, for the most part, we can call it a positive grain day. Yeah, it's been it's been painful, really, uh, when you look at what's happened to the corn and soybean markets, especially. And wheat's had its own losses, um, but corn and soybeans have just been really battered. And um, so to see an, an up day and see some trading in in the positive is a little bit of encouragement and eases the emotions a little bit. You talk about those emotions, and there definitely has been a lot of that within the trade lately. Yeah, there really has. Uh, and any time you get this kind of volatility, you're going to get a lot of those emotions. And obviously, it's going to be different if you're an end user versus a producer versus a speculator. Um, the, the speculators have been a big part of this move. And in fact, if you look, the commodity sector had started down before this last trade dispute, uh, round of rhetoric, I'll call it, started. Uh, and so we came within that type of uh, an environment. And that just kind of continued to feed it more. Uh, I, I argue that if it had been purely about just about the trade dispute, we would have seen soybeans lower, uh, and that's about it. Because we don't sell many co- much corn to China, we don't sell much wheat to China. We sell some hard red spring wheat, occasionally some hard red winter, um, but not much. And uh, yet, all the markets faced a lot of pressure and uh so i think what it did was was we were seeing kind of a broad sell-off in the commodity sector and then the charts started turning bearish and it turned into chart selling at that point uh and then we had the next round of this trade rhetoric hit and then the buyers were afraid to step in amongst the unknown of what was going to happen in this trade dispute and that just created a vacuum under the market and the charts kept turning more and more bearish, and you have all these speculative uh, funds who had big long or bot positions in the market trying to get out, having to drive the market lower to try to find it low enough to find a buyer so they could get out of their long position. And so it just all kind of fed on itself, and I think now the trade disputes, what kind of here again keeps making the buyers afraid to step in, with the exception of end users, we are seeing some end users step in because this is a great opportunity for them. And, yeah, as long as the charts are bearish, it means prices are coming toward them. Um, but it's getting low enough now that uh, some of them are starting to say, well, it may go lower, but I'm going to start scaling in some coverage as it goes lower now. And, and that's providing a little bit of support. We did get some some decent rain showers, and like you and I were talking before we, we started the final bell, some areas receive more than others. Uh, definitely something we don't want to wish away when it comes to rain and the need that's been seen from so many areas. Good for the soybeans, but when you look at this trade, I mean, how much are we going to factor in these this amount of rains, and if it was spotty in that regard? Well, let's put it this way. If it was hot and dry across the Midwest, we probably would have seen uh, a quicker response to buy this break in the market. 
um, but the fact that uh, we're getting rain across much of the Midwest and crop ratings are high is just one more excuse for the buyers to say, I'm going to sit in the sideline. There's nothing really pushing me to step into this market and buy the break. And so it's providing some patience for the buyers. I, here again, I don't think it's necessarily the cause of the break in the market, although I would probably give that a little bit more credit for the weakness uh, for the corn market uh, than what I than what I do soybeans. Uh, well, let me say it again. I'd rather probably give the high crop ratings and the rain more credit for the weakness than what I do the trade dispute, although the trade disputes become the headline maker. Definitely some coffee cooler talk, though, um, earlier today was the fact that we still got a lot of growing time to go with this crop. It's definitely not made as of yet. Uh, that's exactly right. We've got some corn now in the south starting to pollinate, and uh, that becomes a critical time. But we've really seen the heat finally break for the bulk of the Midwest and the moisture come in. The conditions over the next two weeks really look good. The bulk of the Midwest crop is expected to pollinate really from about July 7th to July 28th. And there's a chance we could see some heat back in there in early July. At this time, we don't see anything really oppressive. Looking at, I wanted to jump to South America real quick. We don't usually talk a lot about them lately, but there has been the discussion of, of the weather concerns, some trucker strikes still happening, affecting the uh, shipping lineup as well on the soybean side. And that's a real problem for China right now because they basically have shut the door to U.S. soybeans uh, saying they're going to put a 25% tariff on on July 6th. So buyers within China definitely look into Brazil. Argentina really doesn't have much in the way of soybeans. And Paraguay's soybeans went to Argentina for the most part. So ladies, Brazil, they had this trucker strike. The trucker strike was supposedly resolved. Part of that resolution was a new freight schedule. The freight schedule was so high in price. I mean, it was ridiculously high increase after, uh, based on what they had before the strike that many buyers just said, forget it. I'm not buying. And so movement stopped. And so the government stepped in and revised the freight schedule, and that made the truckers mad once again and so what i understand there's going to be a big meeting of the affected parties tomorrow we'll see what comes out of that but frankly ships are having trouble getting the soy or ports are having trouble getting the soybeans they need now and soy meal in order to load ships and china's facing some problems and that is going to make for some interesting stories in the weeks to come i'm sure Absolutely. Well, stick around, folks. We do have more of the Fontenelle Final Bell coming up on this Wednesday afternoon. Arlen Suderman is joining us with FC Stone. We'll hit some on this wheat as harvest continues to move northward. And, of course, we'll take a look at the livestock market as well. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Arlen Suderman is joining us with FC Stone. Let's talk the wheat Harvest continues to move out of Texas into Oklahoma and hearing some decent numbers east of Highway 81 as we look at the crop as it comes out of the ground. May have seen some rain delays out there, but we're still seeing some lower numbers in this wheat market. Have we had just continued harvest pressure with rain and then really lack of what a crop there is? Uh, Definitely. And and you look at the uh, yields coming in where they've been able to harvest, and you can really tell where they got the April rains that made a big difference. Um, Varies quite a bit. And and some freeze factors were in there as well with some of the April freezes. 
Um, but the harvest is moving north. We did get the heavy rains, as you mentioned. Some areas, and really, I think it was uh, more western Kansas, north central Kansas, southern tier of Nebraska, seeing five to seven inches of rain. We really don't like to see that on wheat when it's uh, mature and ready to harvest. Uh, but uh, overall, the protein is holding well. Yields are starting to come in better as we go north. Still a lot of variability, but overall, what we're hearing is um, farmers saying it's better than what I expected. I, and I think I don't think that necessarily means that USDA increases the size of the crop because USDA at these at the very early maturity stages simply was counting tillers and assuming normal head size. So I think USDA had higher expectations than the farmers did. The farmers are pleasantly surprised in many cases by what it's yielding. That still may be low, but not as low as expected. In some cases, it's much better than expected. Um, and so it's bringing the numbers closer to where USDA is at, I think. Over to the livestock side of the trade, cattle numbers. Um, saw some bounces higher, kind of a lower start initially to the trade. What's going on with their market? Are we seeing them shift because of uh, some purchasing? What, what seems to be the cause? Well, we're getting some good support here. The uh, the online exchange saw a, a bunch of heifers out in Nebraska sell at around 110, uh, so a little bit more movement than what we've seen of late there. I think the general sense is that we'll see negotiated trade late this week with cattle on feed report coming out on Friday. Uh, there's still the sense that we could be at that 112 or a little bit higher level, similar to where we were last week. And that gives some upside room to that June contract. You know, the June contract needs to converge with where the cash market is. If the cash market's holding steady, um, then that would suggest the June contract and the other contracts with it probably see a little bit more upside. We did have a nice breakout of the August contract uh, uh, to really the highest trade in the highest level today that it had traded. Uh, since back on March 20th, so a three-month high there for that contract. That was encouraging, and uh, hopefully we can get a little bit of follow-through there tomorrow. Arlen, we heard some earlier chatter that this might be a very quiet June Catalan feed report. Well, that's a hope. Uh, we're generally on the back side of this uh, flush of cattle coming in uh, that we saw because of the drought in the south. And we've been seeing a little bit heavier than normal cow liquidation. That's slowing down the herd expansion. Uh, so we're starting to bring things a little bit more in balance. Uh, the general expectation that this report's going to show that we've had fairly active marketings, and I, I think that's true. We looks like we're fairly current with the cattle in the feedlots right now. And uh, so the hopes are that uh, we pretty well price the numbers in. And uh, I like where the weights are on these cattle, too. The hogs on the other side, yesterday we thought we were having a good story going on for them. Today they just flip-flopped. And we actually saw some limit daily trading at one point. Yeah, and it really started yesterday. Uh, the hogs really getting caught up again on this uh, commodity sell-off uh, with uh, the mantra being all about the trade war. And uh, pork has a little bit more to lose there than what does beef, although, frankly, uh, I'm not sure how much it matters with China putting a tariff on pork imports because uh, pork prices are so low in China now. Anyway, I'm not sure how much we would export to them at this time anyway. Um, but the pork market really getting caught up in that and it really reversing the trend that had been there for so long. Futures had been well above where the cash is at. Now we're seeing the opposite is true with the cash index uh, 
trading about $4 above where the July contract is at. Uh, and uh, so we're seeing that spillover fund liquidation and the charts as a result starting to turn negative and encouraging more selling there as well. And it's this time of year we start to see a slowdown when it comes to some of this movement for both cattle and, and pork. Yeah, absolutely. And this is, we get into the dog days of summer and the demand starts to back off a little bit. And in our weights are coming you know, on the pork. We were seeing a run of lower weights because of the heat. And that had supported our stronger cash prices. Our cash prices are still trending higher, but the weights are starting to get a little bit more in balance of where we'd expect them to be and, and as the temperatures moderate. All right, Arlen, what's the best way for producers to, to be able to get a hold of you after markets close to talk some trade? INTLFCstone.com. And, of course, we can't forget you on Twitter as well. Absolutely. Twitter.com slash A-R-L-A-N-F-F-101. All right. That is the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio 